Good morning, church. And happy July 4th to all y'all Americans in the crowd. And any of you watching online, to you as well. We are continuing on through our series through the book of 2 Corinthians, the second letter that Paul wrote to Corinth that we have. And uh, so if you want to turn there, we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 this morning. Uh, before we jump into this passage, let's just take a moment to pray. Almighty Father God, we praise you. Lift your name high. We thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ. We praise you for the baptisms we witness, God. All glory and honor to your name, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray, open our hearts and our minds to your word, to your truth. Let it be our guiding light as we walk this path. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 3. If you want to turn there, we're going to be there for the whole sermon this morning, so keep your finger in there. Chapter 1, verse 3, going to verse 11. I'm going to read it, then we're going to look at it. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same suffering that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken. For we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brothers and sisters, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired even of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. And he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessings granted us through the prayers of many. There is a lot in this passage. I think this is a super, super important passage for us today in our lives as believers. Paul here is looking at the God of all comfort. That's what he said. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Just think about that for a moment. He is the God of all comfort, not just some, but all. All of it comes from God. But now before we go any further, I feel like we need to define the terms here. We need to define this term comfort um, or what I believe Paul means by this word comfort here. So what is the comfort Paul's talking about? Well, I can tell you 
he is not talking about your comfort food. You know, chocolate or coffee or, I don't know. In our house, it's chips. Me and my wife, just that's our, what's well, my comfort food. I can't necessarily speak for her. But. He's not talking about your comfort zone, what you are comfortable doing or not doing, or your bubble of people. That's too close. I'm uncomfortable. This is not the comfort he's talking about. He's not talking about my gel bead memory foam bed either. That is oh so comfortable. He's not talking about your comfy clothes, your sweatpants and baggy t-shirt or whatever it is. See, when we think of comfort in, in our world, in our society, we often think of something that's like soft, something familiar, easy, maybe relaxing. That, that's, that's not what he's talking about here. Although all those things that I mentioned, those do come from God. Those are, those are great things. Those are good gifts from God that we can enjoy. So praise him for it. Thank him for what he has given, his good blessings to us. But in this passage, that's not the way Paul's using this word. Paul says it in Romans chapter 15. He says the exact same thing, but he just says it in different, uh, it translated in a different way and said in a little bit different words. He says in Romans 15, 5, may the God of endurance and encouragement. That's what he's talking about when he says the God of all comfort. The God of all encouragement and endurance for us as believers. Gives the idea of comfort a little bit different flavor, right? So, in reality, when you think about it, if someone needs to be comforted, typically there's something that has happened, something that's been troubling, stressful, um, a suffering or a trial of some sort in order for comfort to be needed. So God is the one who brings comfort in those situations to us, to encourage us, to give us endurance to look through and push through whatever trial it is that we are facing. But how is it that God can bring comfort to us? Well, Paul lays it out in the first, first verse here. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. It's because of his mercy that he can bring comfort to us. And what is his mercy? Well, very simply, it's this. <laughs> you and I deserve to die. Hey, that rhymes. In this moment right now, we deserve death. But that's not what God gives us. He doesn't give us what we deserve. It would be totally right and honorable and just for God to kill us all in this moment. But that's not what he does. He doesn't give us what we deserve because he is a merciful God. Praise God for his mercies. But how is it that he can be merciful to us? Sinful, broken, wretched people that we are. Well, he says it again in this first verse. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He can be merciful to us because of Jesus Christ dying on that cross in our place. It's all because of Jesus. Jesus is the centerpiece. He always is, always has been, always will be. I mean, it's the classic Sunday school answer, but that's the reason why it's the classic Sunday school answer, because it is Jesus. 
So let's look on. What does it mean? So, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. The Holy Spirit made me stop here when I was preparing this. Because for me in my life, what I normally do is I look around and I'm like, ah, Lord, they're going through something that's way worse than I am. So I just, you can, you can comfort them and deal with what's going on in their life and not mine. Because mine's just tiny, minuscule, it's not really that important. No, that's not what it says. In all our troubles, no, no matter how big or how small you think they are. Because that's how much he actually cares about you. Even what you think is a small little thing, that's no big deal to God. What I realized is what I was actually doing is I was making God very small. That he couldn't deal with all of us at the same time. I just had to actually grow my vision of who God actually is. That he is that big, that he can do that. God, who comforts us in all our troubles. So that, or because... This is huge. If you ever see a so that somewhere in your Bible, like circle it, underline it, highlight it, it's, it's the reason. It's the explanation of why he's doing this. It's super important. Very important are whatever words come after that, so that. So he comforts us in all our troubles so that we may be able to comfort those experiencing any trouble. He doesn't just comfort you just to comfort you and just keep it with you and that's okay, it's all good. No. He comforts you so that you can comfort others. This is the whole way he set it up. That the purpose of this is to share it. Just to give it away. I mean, this is not a novel idea for us who follow Christ. We see this idea of sharing and, and giving it away in so many different areas. I mean, even in the very beginning, Abraham, it says he was blessed to be a blessing to all nations. Spiritual gifts are given to be shared and used to support one another in the church. Love is to be given away to love others. I mean, I would actually argue with you that it is impossible to love if you don't have a relationship with somebody else. Love can only be expressed in a relationship. I mean, I've... I've had this like crazy idea, like it'd be really funny to make a skit about a monk living in the middle of the desert all by himself trying to follow this like love your neighbor command. It's like, eh, scorpions and snakes? I mean, I don't know how that works. Anyways, that's where my brain goes. Love designed to be given away, spiritual gifts and comfort. Comfort is given to you in order that you can give it and share it to others. See, this is the thing. Our God is infinite. So there is no part of him that you need to hoard to yourself. Ever. He's infinite. There's always more. So there's nothing that we need to hoard to ourselves and be like, oh, this is just for me. No, God has given it so it can be shared. He is infinite. It never ends. Recently, I just, 
watched the cardinal cut of the Hobbit movies, which is, it takes the three Hobbit movies and cuts them down into one three-hour movie and cuts out all the ridiculous extra stuff that they added in that's not in the books at all, which is, which is brilliant in my opinion. But anyways, watching the Hobbit, do you think, if, if you don't know, well, I'll give you the backstory. Do you think Thorin could not have just shared a bit of gold to help the people of Lake Town? Like, he was literally sitting on a mountain of gold. Like, like massive mountain of gold. Could he not have just been like, okay, Mr. Elf, here's your white diamonds. I've got so much other stuff. I don't need to hoard this to myself. It makes no sense to me that he was just like, you can't have just one coin. Like, ah, why was he so greedy? Anyways, how differently would that story have ended? If he would have opened up the doors and said, yeah, come share. We can share this wealth. We can share this wealth with you. And the elves would have come in. And the people would have come in. And then when the orcs attacked, one of them might not have died. Spoiler. <clears throat> but God is infinite. There is nothing we need to hoard to ourselves. We can always be giving away what he is giving us. It's not like it's going to run out. And that's the way he's designed this. I mean, I love what Luke says in Acts 20. And he's like, he's like, remember what Jesus said. Remember the words the Lord Jesus said, Acts 20, 35. It is better to give than to receive. It is better to give than receive. I had to really think about this. I know this. I mean, I tell this to my kids. It's better to give than receive. You know, it's not all about the presence and yada, 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 yada. But yet... It's hard for me to fully believe that because sometimes I'm like, oh, but that would be really nice. <laughs> and the Spirit convicted me. He's like, you probably don't believe this because you don't do it that much. And I was like, yeah. This is not a continuous daily practice because we're often so focused on just keeping to ourselves. So we are comforted, he said here, so that we can comfort others. This is huge. This is iron sharpening iron. This is as one rejoices, we rejoice, and as one mourns, we mourn with them. It's community, the way God has designed it. But he doesn't leave it here, no. He's got to take it that extra step a little bit farther. He goes on to say, In verse 6, if we are afflicted, the reason we're afflicted, if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. Hold, hold on a second. This is hard to understand. That there may be times that you are afflicted so that you can comfort somebody else, walk through the same thing, or whatever it might be. I struggle with that. But why is that so hard? Why is that so hard to hear? Is that not the way of our Lord Jesus Christ? Is that he was afflicted for our benefit? Don't we take encouragement, strength, endurance when we think about what Christ did for us and his sacrifice for us, the amount of love that he had for us when he did that? That encourages us. That spurs us on. 
and he was afflicted for our comfort. If that is the way of our master, why should it surprise us that that is, that is our path as well? As those who follow him. If we are following Jesus in this life, because that's, that's what we are. We're, we're Christians, little, little Christs. We're following Jesus in the path that he took. Our lives are going to look the same. Paul goes on, and I love this. Skipping down a few verses. He goes on and gives us an, a personal example of this exact very thing. For we do not want you to be unaware or uninformed, brothers and sisters, regarding the affliction that happened to us in the province of Asia. We were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of living. Indeed, we felt as if the sentence of death had been passed against us. This is Paul. This is, this is who we call the super apostle. He was in such despair. He'd given up. Seems like he's given up hope. And it doesn't say just him by himself. This, this surprised me. He says we. It's him and his companions who he's with. Now, usually in a group, there's like that one really annoyingly positive person. It's okay, guys. Look on the bright side, right? But no, he says, we despaired even of life itself. <laughs> you know what? That encouraged me. Because Paul had to be taught stuff by God. There were days that Paul needed things to learn. Even he had his low times. It encourages me to keep on. Keep pressing on. I mean, I love the next verse, though. Now Paul becomes an annoyingly positive guy. He says, We despaired even of living. Indeed, we felt the sentence of death had been passed against us, so that, so that, we would not trust in ourselves, but God who raises the dead. Basically, it's okay, guys, if we die, God can just bring us back to life anyways. Bring it on. I love how Paul was comforted him, comforted here when he was going through his trial and his distress. distress. He was reminded of the truth of who God is and his power. When we're going through our trials and hardships, look to God, who he is and his promises to get through. Paul looks to the truth. He says, I know my God can raise the dead. The Old Testament's full of it. The New Testament's full of it. So I believe it. He was comforted in that time, him and his companions. And so what does he do? He shares it with others. The comfort he receives, he passes on and says, remember this truth. Remember what, who God is and what he is capable of. One of the many ways in which we experience God's comfort is through his presence. And I, and I love it that another name for the Holy Spirit is the comforter. 
Now, if you were God and you wanted to comfort your people, what better way to do it than to put your spirit within them? You can't get closer than that. And having somebody with you going through hard times, someone who is that close, is huge. I mean, even just in a, in a relational sense, like if you've ever had like a friend stick by you when you're going through a hard time. I remember in high school in grade 12, two of my best friends, two sisters were killed in a car accident. And I remember sitting on the back of my truck with my buddy. We just sat there in silence for hours. And just having him there, having someone's presence with you, helped me, helped us together get through that. The presence of God lives in us, his comforter. And I, and I love what Paul says here. He, he says this is a guarantee. This isn't a, well, you know, maybe. No, he says it's a guarantee. Our hope for you, he says, is steadfast. It's secure. We know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. As you share in their sufferings, you will share in the comfort of Christ. I want to end with two thoughts today. Two thoughts for you to consider. Do you need the God of all comfort in your life right now? Whatever it is that you're going through. Jesus gives us a good example of what it looks like to go through stuff to be able to comfort other people. All you need to do is look at the last 24 hours of his life. Have you been betrayed by a friend and need comfort? Jesus was. Have you been abandoned by everyone around you? Have you been lied about? Jesus was. Have you been mocked? Have you been abused? Has you been used for the entertainment and sport for others? They gambled for his clothes, his dignity. Have you felt forsaken? Jesus was. We are comforted to comfort those around us. Jesus can be your comfort. He has suffered like everyone, like every man. He knows what it's like. He came and lived a life on this earth. Do you need the God of all comfort? And the second thing is, do you need to comfort someone else when you look around you? Because the comfort you have been given is not to keep for yourself. The very reason it was given was so that you could share it to those around you. We are comforted so that we can comfort others in any of their troubles, whatever that may be. Let's pray. Father of Jesus, 
Father of mercies, God of all comfort, we come before you. We thank you that you care for us and love us so much that you would send your son so that you could grant us mercy, so that you could grant us comfort in all our troubles. Lord, I pray that we would not just hold on to it to ourselves. God, may we be the light in this world that encourages and strengthens and spurs other people on to carry on in whatever is going on. Lord, we thank you for your spirit that you have given and granted to us. Lord, we praise your name, in the name of Jesus.